I just, I, I can't believe this blasphemy that we finna have to go through today. I really can't. I really, I'm, I'm surprised. I just, you know, why are you surprised, Gibbs? Because I. Yeah, you you made me stop finishing because I had to still finish up the wheel for the would you rather. And you made me quit. You made me quit doing that. <laughs> because that blasphemy was so bad. I needed to have the, the tools at my disposal to let you know exactly why that blasphemy was bad. You know, and, and this is a show that we enjoy some cowboy slander. We enjoy cowboy slander. The I'm slander a lot. The show, the name of today's episode is Whack Prescott, and you had to take it too far. Folks, stick around. Stick around, and we're going to find out how both Chris and Josh, these these waffle-colored warriors, have taken it too far <laughs> because there is there is just something in the midst that is just, it's, it's I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. So with that being said, <clears throat> Fellas, you have to walk barefoot through one of these places, through a field of public ivy. I'm, I'm sorry, a poison ivy or a public bathroom. You have to walk barefoot through one of them. Which one are you going with? Ooh, you know where? Where is the public bathroom? Huh? Where is the public bathroom? Oh, uh, the murder back on Joy Road. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is that 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 I'm gonna choose I'm gonna choose the public bathroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna choose the because because the poison ivy, one, I've never come in contact with poison ivy, and it might be as simple as, oh, you need this cream or you need this, but at the same time, um I don't know how my body will react to that. A public bathroom, it might just be nasty and I'd be like, yo, I gotta go wash my feet after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, which one? So let me get this straight, guys. You worried about the public bathroom going to the murder mac? That's what you worried about. You worried about your feet getting dirty. I mean, in all, fairness, in all fairness, they got the little green light uh, joint at the murder mac. So I wait, mean, don't nobody care about that green light. <laughs> <laughs> we talking about just walking barefoot. We talking about no other no, elements we, involved we not, in it. Listen, talking, let me tell you about that other. green light. Let me tell you about that green light. It's a great idea. If Detroit police hurry up and come somewhere, I remember I was in seventh grade going to Ludington, right? My uncle dropped me off after school. Somebody had broken to the crib in Rosedale Park, where I lived on Six Mile and Outer Drive. My mama told me, hang up the phone with her. She on her way home, but call the police. I called the police. They said, okay, we'll be there shortly. My mom came from downtown Detroit. My dad came from his office when he worked at DMC in uh, Southfield, borderline Farmington. And then my other cousin came from Ohio. And the police were still not there. <laughs> this man said from Ohio. I mean, he's he not lying. So somebody yeah. stole my mama car when I was like in fourth grade or something. Somebody stole my mama car. We called the police about 7 a.m. The police came at about 4.30 and tried to ask questions. Bro, same thing happened when my career got broken too. When they broke into my career, bro, it, it was this is when I was a real little kid, bro. Somebody broke into my career and didn't even steal nothing. They just like broke in, broke the lock, and like, you know, fun part about being broke. Like the robber probably came in and was like, We need to leave something, bro. This is not the house. Yeah, man. This is not the house we need to be at. They came in, broke in, and uh they didn't they didn't really take none. And um it was it was funny because we called the cops too that morning. So, no, no, we got back from we got back from somewhere, and we called them that night, and they didn't get there till the next morning. So yeah, we. So we, so, so that, back to my point, you right, you really worried about that in the murder <laughs> mac? <laughs> that's that's what the question proposed. It didn't oh, talk about I, any. It didn't talk about any. You know anything ulterior when it came to that situation? Was, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, bro. They they really have cleaned up the murder mac, bro. Like. All of my brothers and sisters worked there. Like all of them worked there when it, when when we was younger. And like it's not it's not that bad now. Like it's not what it used to be. 
When we was kids, yes, Murderback was crazy. Yeah, yeah, we was okay. kids, bro. It was, it was like a uh, claw machine out there, all them bears. Hey, oh god, boy, I tell you what, it was body. Hey, it was uh, SmackDown versus Raw. Let the bodies hit the floor as soon as you pulled up the there. But they cleaned it up. They cleaned it up a lot, bro. Everybody know if you from the West Side, right? Everybody know it's two fast food joints you never stop at. You got the Murder Mac is one. And then you got the Burger King directly down the street from Sinai Grace. Everybody know you don't stop at either one of those. Okay? Hey, and you know, and you know the crazy part? The Murder Mac is so it's so down bad because it's literally a McDonald's right down the street on Plymouth and Greenfield. Like, bro, right. you have other options. Like, you do not have to go there. Like, if, if you're really that hungry for McDonald's, bro, please take that two-mile drive to the right and you'll be okay. But do not stop at that Murder Mac, my brother in Christ. Don't do it. But no, no. I, which which one you doing, Chris? You walking through the poison ivy or the murder? I'm for sure doing the poison ivy because I have po- walked over some poison ivy before. It's some cream, it's some itching, and you right back on your feet about 48 hours, dog. Honestly, bro, I, I had poison ivy on my elbow before, and it, like, was not bad at all. Like I, I, I haven't experienced I, that, I, so. I didn't even, like, for real, it itched <laughs> for, like, a day, and that was, like, it. Like, and even when it itched, it wasn't, like, a crazy itch. It was just, like, one of those, like, Huh, I should probably scratch that. And I was like, oh no, it'll tear your skin. Okay. And that was just about the end of it, bro. Like, you know what I mean? I, I take that over walking through a, a, a public bathroom any day. Not just because it's the murder mac. Even if it was the Chipotle that's out in Dearborn, I'm still, still. <laughs> All the YouTube videos of crackheads admitting that they was crackheads in the murder mac and, and talking to themselves in the mirror in the murder mac and Josh Pick walking through the murder mac. <laughs> I mean, listen. Hey, he said hey, the bathroom. If we just talking about if we just talking about the sanitation part, the murder back do be filthy. Like that bathroom do be filthy, bro. It'd be disgusting in there, bro. Like, ew. I've never been in there and not like either smelt or seen feces like there. Like, <laughs> I ain't been in there about fifteen years, bro. So, boy, boy, I tell you what, not much has changed. Again, it's gotten a lot safer. <laughs> it's gotten a lot safer, but you know, it, it's it's not a a good area. But we got to talk about these playoffs, man, because we got we got the Cowboys cowboying. We got the Eagles laying a giant-sized L on them boys from New York. We have the Bills absolutely melting down in the snow, the uh, Bengals moving on, and we have the Chiefs squeaking by the Jaguars, even with uh, Pat Mahomes having a little bit of a bump ankle. So we're going to get into all that. And we're going to talk about James Harden in a way that most of you may not have heard. Um, so we've got all that and more on today's show. That sounds like a good show to y'all, fellas. Sound good to me. Great show. All righty. Well, let's get into it. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over Axe Crew. We got the master, the mix and master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man of the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC. That's me, King Gibbs. Now, fellas. When looking at what we have in terms of um, in terms of this this playoffs and, and how everything's going down so far, we're looking at a situation where um, the the playoffs are now in the conference championship stage and the divisional round occurred last weekend and the first game of the weekend, the Chiefs barely beat the Jags 27-20. What are y'all thoughts and takeaways from that game? Um, my thoughts and takeaways from that game is that one, if I'm the Chiefs, I would be I would be worried next week if Patrick Mahomes is not fully healthy. Mm-hmm. That's because I think him going down, even though he had a hell of a performance in that second half playing on that ankle, you saw that most of the power that he usually gets under his throws, which comes from that leg, he was not able to get off. Um, but you know the Chiefs are just a more talented team than the Jaguars, so I'll be worried next week if one he's not fully healthy and two. I think if they keep those core pieces together, the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence might be dangerous for the next couple seasons. I like what I saw out of them in that game with the way those young pieces perform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, what you thinking, man? What are your thoughts after watching I that mean, game? I second what Guy just said on the last point. Um, to be honest with you, I think the whole AFC, as long as they, all their quarterbacks hold up, I think that whole AFC is going to be solid for the next couple of years, other than Justin Herbert, unless he get a new offensive coordinator and a head coach and a defensive coordinator and a new GM. Uh, 
him and new president and new owner. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this man said, get him a new team. Get him, throw the whole team away. <laughs> that remind me of that well LeBron mean where he got the uh, draft through. Like, let me get uh, let me get 12 new people to play with. <laughs> it's, it's like Ha Ha Davis when he pops talking about tear down the world to build a whole new world. It's messed up over here right now, bro. That's, that's what you asking for. Hey, and speaking Herb. of Brian and memes, though, I kind of like the fact that Brian be seeing the memes and then he goes to the press conference and he invitates the memes for us. Like, that is hilarious, bro. That That's lucky hilarious. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Anyway. But, yeah, the Jags, you know, they surprised me. They had played a really good football game. Trevor Lawrence, inexperienced in the playoffs, did show, though. And Patrick Mahomes, I'm not going to be like Nick Wright and say he's the best quarterback in football, best quarterback of all time. Then Joe Burrow, then him on one foot is the third best quarterback. I'm not going to do no crazy nonsense like that. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback standing left in this. He's the most proven quarterback standing left in this, in this playoff run, and he showed it. And, you know, you're right, guy. They should be praying that the the Chiefs have a hundred percent Patrick Mahomes, but they probably not. Yeah. But that backup quarterback, he's already played in two quarters since Patrick Mahomes been there. He didn't look horrible. Like he compared didn't. to per, this to man Purdy, said, that backup quarterback. Whoever, <laughs> disrespect this legend. Baby. Chad Henney. Honestly, if, if I'm being honest, I did not know Chad Henney was still in the NFL until until it was Saturday. Most people didn't. Most people did not, you know, and, and he's just, you know, he's just plugging away at the ripe young age of 37 years old. I mean, y'all, y'all know life. how much of a, y'all know how much of a, um, Bengals believer that I am, but if there's ever a team for, you know, Chad, he need to get off against. I think, I think Chad Handy will be able to make something work against that Bengals defense. Hmm. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to tell you. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and on top of that, he don't have to play every snap. I mean, you just got to limit Mahomes from situations where he might have to run out the pocket. That's it. So, I mean, yeah. if you let him sit back there and throw most of the game, Chad, he can come in. And, and, you know, on the third and three, when Mahomes might have to scramble for it, you let Chad, he do it. I think that's a good strategy. Michigan State actually went to the college football playoffs with that same strategy. They started quarterback, went down, which was Connor Cook, and they used the second and the third string quarterback. One was a running quarterback, one was a passing quarterback, and they kept mixing it up, keeping Michigan and Ohio State on their toes that year. I'm gonna tell you, man. When I look at this, when I look at this game, I think one thing: this man, Patrick Mahomes, is really um, otherworldly. He, he is otherworldly. him, and I and I say that for this reason. We have watched him go to what is this? Is this his fourth or fifth straight AFC championship appearance? I believe it's fifth. Uh, like we we have not fully wrapped our minds around like how nuts that is. For all the great greatness that Brady gave, he didn't do this. For all the greatness that Manning didn't do this. Joe Montana, I believe, was the only other quarterback to do something of this level. And mind you, Joe Montana was playing with a bunch of all the famers and in one of the most innovative offenses of his time. Like right. that was like a, Oh my God, wait, what do you mean? You can throw it on first down. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? You have a running back that's going to rush for a thousand yards and receive 4,000. Why are you using him out in routes? That doesn't make sense. So with that being said, um, this is, this is like, spectacular and i'm gonna say this shout out to jacksonville they had themselves a good run but man mahomes is like just different but with that being said we've got to move on to a quarterback who maybe real, real quick i do think it's underrated just because in the grand scheme of the game it was just one play but that one touchdown pat mahomes had in the second half where he like hopped off of the nine injured ankle and threw that that small dot into the back of the end zone that that takes an incredible amount of talent yeah yeah it's it's again i i don't this is this is something like we have never seen and i knew in the super bowl when he was like perpendicular or well, no, no, parallel to the ground when he was parallel to the ground and threw one that hit uh, McCole Harmon in the face. I was like, yo, 
this man is off of perk 30. This is crazy. This is he's at a different level than the rest of us. We're we he's not he's not like us. We are not like him. But yeah, this yep. is his fifth straight. This is his fifth straight. Uh and not only is this his fifth straight um AFC championship, they're hosting their fifth in a row. This is crazy. This is legitimately like what? And, and if you look at his team, he ain't always had the best receiving core. He ain't always had. You know, to lose no. Tyreek Hill, to lose Tyreek Hill and then somehow show up and say, hey, actually, guys, we're going to be okay. I'm going to throw for 5,000 yards. That's nuts. That's just, what, and it, what are you it, doing? It, it makes Tyreek Hill say he think two are more accurate than Mahomes even crazier. Oh, my God. And now, and now that I've gone back, I needed to go back and look at this. Now that I've gone back and looked at it, not even Montana went to four straight. He, it, they did not go to uh, four straight hosting. He was stopped right. by the Bills, right? He no, no, they didn't go to four straight hosting. He went to I want to say he went to uh, four straight, but not hosting. Actually, no, they didn't. Washington and Dallas broke that up. So yeah, uh, Montana didn't even get four straight. Yeah, so that's there's that. But yeah, that's this is again otherworldly. What we're seeing from Mahomes, like this is this is greatness, greatness personified. This is absolutely crazy. But with that being said, we've got to talk about anti-him. We've got to talk about Mr. <laughs> Rain Dakota Prescott. I believe all of us picked the 49ers, correct? Yes. yes. All of us. That's the, we all, all knew. The 49ers and the Chiefs. Yeah. On this show, on this show here, we call it Facts Over Acts for a reason. You know why? We don't disagree on things for drama's sake. Everything that you've seen us disagree on on this show this is these are real life arguments that we have in pre-production. This is real life that we look at and like this doesn't make sense. And yet somehow all three of us knew that if you give the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, the guys with the star on their helmet, <laughs> the opportunity to sell you, congratulations. They go hit a Mr. Alice 25 250. They gonna sell you like never before. With a 19-12 loss to the 49ers, who at their quarterback, not just a rookie. Not the, no, 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 no. A rookie ain't enough. A rookie ain't enough. That ain't enough. The last player drafted. Mr. Irrelevant. Literally, the last player drafted in this year's draft leads them to a win over Mr. Rain Prescott and those sorry Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Fellas, what do you walk away from this game with? Um, I walk away from it that the Cowboys have to do something um coaching wise. You got a game this big, you got a team that talented, you can't necessarily say one team was stacked and and you know one side of the ball more than the other. I think those teams were pretty pretty well matched up. Granted, the Cowboys had a couple of key injuries on defense, but at the same time, they weren't completely overwhelmed talent-wise. You cannot go out there and have the 49ers, who's had a somewhat explosive offense for most of the season, play a game where they only scored 19 points, and you answer on the other side of the ball, and you only are able to come up with 12 points. Regardless of how talent the how talented the team out there is, that's coaching. That's something that starts from the bo- from the top going all the way down to the bottom. They have to make a, a change coaching wise. See if they can run this thing one more time with the core that they have, because some of those key pieces are getting up there in age. I mean, Mar- Michael Parsons is the future, but besides that, you're going to have to see if you can get a new coach in place. Do this one more time, and if it don't work, that whole thing got to get blown up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you walk away from this game with, man? What are you walking away from this game thinking? So, I just got one question, right? Quarterback A has 3,200 yards, 16 man. touchdowns, <laughs> 16 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Quarterback B has 2,900 yards, 19 touchdowns. Chris, stop what you're doing. And 12 interceptions. Chris, stop. which quarterback are y'all taking? I'm asking you to stop what you're doing because you're missing a lot of context in this. You're missing I, I'm just co- asking what quarterback y'all would take. 
Chris, did one of those quarterbacks play five less games than the other? Or what was it? Four less games than the other? Four. Just out of curiosity, Chris. Just maybe. just just, just maybe. making sure that we have maybe. this correct. Okay. Well maybe. well maybe. Well well then if we're looking at what's going on in terms of averages, you're looking at a very different story than you are total volume of stats. Because again, one of them did not play as many games. Okay, you're hundred percent right. I just asked the question. That's all I asked, right? That's all I asked. That's all I asked. So anyway. A very disingenuous question, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Prescott. Whack Prescott. Um, attention. Front center. Front center. Front center. So, you know, y'all was very high almighty against the Bucks. I mean, you couldn't tell a Cowboy fan nothing. I, I no, no disrespect to J.D. He was on Twitter talking about my quarterback hooping. He was, he was like, my QB doing the thing today. You know, and all you had to do, nobody had to say nothing to him. You just had to wait. You just had to wait. That's how the Cowboys work. That's how Dak worked. Some games, I remember when I picked up Dak Prescott and Fantasy Gives. You remember this to this day, right? I do. I do. You remember this to this day. I was like, man, I got Dak this year. I'm about to go crazy in Fantasy. You Gives was like, I don't know about that, bro. I don't know about that. I was like, what you mean? He was like, he started off hot as fish grease, but just wait. And I just waited. I get to the second round of the playoffs, and Dak Prescott laid eight points for me. Eight points in fantasy for me. <laughs> and I got eliminated from the money. So, you know, this is who he is, people. This is who he is. He has his moments where he's all-world quarterback. Against the Bucks, he looked like he was Tom Brady times two. I, I was scared of Dak Prescott. And he has all the weapons in the world. He has CeeDee Lamb, Gallup. Best one-two punch in the backfield in the NFL. I mean, I still what what two running back combo is better than Zeke and Pollard? Um, I would say the Browns probably got them beat by a little bit, by like a, a good margin. It's close though. It's close though. Eh. He, 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 didn't, he didn't play he didn't play most of the year. I was gonna say, I don't know, Swift and Williams was looking nice at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, nah, I mean, bro, it's close. Because the Browns quarter the running thing- backs get hurt a lot. I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. If you go on, like, pound for pound in terms of, like, who I think is the more reliable backfield, yeah, I'd probably go with the Cowboys in terms of, like, what I can expect day in, day out. But honestly, Chubb and Hunt are, like, when if, if you were to tell me, hey, Hunt wants to be there, he's happy, he's getting his touches, I'll probably say that they got them beat by a little bit. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll give you that. How many people better than Michael Parsons on the line right now? Uh, you, you you have a very limited amount. You have a very yeah. limited amount of guys that you. I can name you, three, if that. Three. You can argue three, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree. He's a he's a top five defender in this league. Yeah. Okay. And how many secondaries are better than the Cowboys secondary when they when they help? A lot. Oh, when healthy. Yeah, when when I, when, I, when healthy is not a lot. Uh, when healthy, I probably say like ten. I probably say like nine or ten, but. They're in the they're in the upper half. I'll give them the upper okay, half. Okay. And then as far as offensive coordinator, head coach, and defensive coordinator, where do they stand? Their defensive head coordinator is elite. Kellen Moore, I think, is blah. And Mike McCarthy, I think, is is that man is toilet water. That man is trash. That man is okay. garbage. Okay. <laughs> so out of all the things I just named, right? They were in the upper echelon of all of those categories except coaching. Will we all yeah, agree? I'll give that. Yeah. Okay. And the team that they lost to, right? The 49ers. Who was their starting quarterback? Brock Purdy. He's Purdy. younger than all of us on the show, for one. Secondly, he didn't start not one game in a regular season, I don't think. No, he started the last, what, five five weeks? Yeah, he started the last five. Yeah, he started the last oh, five. Okay. He, he okay. started a couple. He started a couple. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and the last point I'm going to make, right? Last point I'm going to make, right? He's never played a playoff game before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Except for against the, he, uh, except for against the Seahawks last week, that was his first ever. He now is tied in wins in playoffs as Dak Prescott. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Well, 
Well, you know what? I'm I'm a I'm a piggyback off Chris, and I'm gonna ask a question too. I'm gonna ask a question because since we asked a question, how about them Cowboys? How about <laughs> how about them Dallas Cowboys? I, you know, I'm gonna tell you this. I've told people for years, and I I've said it on the air, and I've said it off air as well. The Cowboys are never gonna see. A, a Super Bowl until Jerry Jones sees Jesus. I'm sorry to tell y'all. That. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I honestly, have to stop saying that. Bro. And listen, listen, say what you want. Say what you want. It may get worse because the son is allegedly worse than him. The son is allegedly worse than him with the, I got to be in the spotlight. It's about me type deal. A, a owner should sign the checks, sit back, collect the checks, and then stand on the podium, hold up the trophy. And go on about their way. Yeah. You understand? You understand? Like, that's the reality of what being an owner is. You make all the money. You're the only person that has no risk. You're the only person that cannot be fired. They can't fire an owner, my baby. You, they can't do it. They can't. Trust me. The Lions fans have been trying for years. We have been asking for any family besides the Fords to run that team. And you know what they tell us every time? Buy your own team. Hey, if you can buy it from us, hey, y'all, we'll, we'll sell it. And guess what? We haven't been able to muster up the money. So they're they're still there. They're always going to be there. But this this here, uh, Jones, boy, I'll tell you what. What I learned from this game, more than anything else, I knew that Dak was a salesman already. I knew that. I, I knew. You know what I mean? I knew when the big moments came, he was going to shrivel his tree. But boy. Was I expecting the entire Cowboys team to shrink up in the way that they did in terms of offensively? Man, I, I was not. I was not. I, you know, that offense, yes, that was not good. I, will, I am not going to lie to you about that. I ain't going to tell you no funny stuff about that. But when I tell you almost every part of that offense was like, what's going on here? CeeDee Lamb was the only shining star that, that like, CeeDee Lamb played a great game. You, there's oh, nothing you can say. Game. He only wanted to cover his yards, I think, on stats-wise. And not only that, he should have gotten more had Dak led him on that ball up the sideline that ended up being a pass interference. If Dak puts that ball in front of him, yeah. he goes he goes and bangs his head on the goalpost. That's, that's, as, as Coach Thomas Wilcher would say, that's Katie Dids at the doorstep. So, you know, you're, you're looking at a situation where the, this – this offense as a whole underperformed. And yes, that you're the quarterback, so you're going to get a majority of the blame. When Tony Pollard went down, do y'all know how many yards Zeke averaged per carry? I'm going to say 2.1. 2.1. Chris, what you going with? Two and a half. Two, two, two. Two and a half. Chris was the closest. He averaged 2.6 yards per carry. 26 yards on 10 touches. Now let Yikes. me tell you this. Now let me tell you this. I'm glad. I'm glad. I've been telling folks for years, being a head coach in the NFL does not mean that you are smart, does not mean that you are an innovator, does not mean that you know football at a high level. Because why under God's green earth was Ezekiel Jebediah Elliott at center for that last play? Somebody tell me. <laughs> that don't make sense. <laughs> and then the meme of everybody showing old boy with the Joker fit, flying off the skateboard, talking about Zeke at City. <laughs> it was accurate. It was accurate. It was... Now listen, again, we don't do gimmicks here. I don't do this cowboy slander as like a, ooh, this is cute, and I like slander. No, 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 no. The Cowboys have earned this slander, and I've told people for years, I've told people for years, Jerry Jones don't want a head coach. He wants a yes man. And he wants a yes man who goes out there and does clock management and every now and then is going to call a play. That last play was so embarrassing. That last and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Here's the thing that I think most people don't realize about this Cowboys team. Everybody's saying, oh, man. I think they got one more year of window. Baby, that window is closed. I'm sorry to tell you, that window is closed. This defense is great. Yeah, sure. Who going to be that quarterback to get him over the hump? Because it's not that. It's not. He's not the guy. He's not. I'm sorry to tell you, he's not the guy. The running game next year, 
Tony Pollard broke his fibula, and you just had Zeke, whose contract is too big to trade, um, average 2.6 yards per carry. Yep. Um, I'm sorry to tell you, the offensive line that they built, that was massive. Just a, 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 a just five first-rounders, nasty dogs. Anybody in their way, they got them up out the way. Those five first-round picks are old. They're old yeah. now. Can, can I give a Travis Fedders. They're old now. Can I give a crazy take just cuz the past few weeks we haven't done our fact and act of the week yet? Tell me about it. Talk My fact me. of the week in a few years the way we talk about basketball, say the Warriors and Steph Curry ruin basketball. Mm-hmm. We're going to say uh the Detroit Lions ruin football. What? Because I've seen a lot of teams in this playoffs after this Lions hot streak do some crazy, ridiculous plays in desperation time or on fourth down in order to get some gains that look very reminiscent of the Lions. And because they pulled it off, you got Ezekiel Elliott at center. I was just about to say, it don't count because the Lions actually <laughs> Exactly. They have the person Pene- there to do so. When we sent Panay Suel out on the route, he won us a football game. You understand me? <laughs> you understand me? We, 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 ain't, we ain't them, and they ain't us. You know what I mean? Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Lions, stand up. Take a bow. Take I'm just saying, I, I don't think that's a crazy take. He's him. He's him, Jones. He will stump you out of this ambulance. He is not like Kellen Moore, and Kellen Moore ain't like him. I'm sorry. That's, again, this Cowboys lost. Is embarrassing. And again, you lose to a third-string quarterback. I don't care if you were on the road. All the pieces that were supposed to show up and show out did not. Did not. Trayvon Diggs dropped the easy pick that could have turned the tide of that game. Micah Parsons was utterly contained by Trent Williams. Boy, I tell you what. How about them Cowboys? I like, you know, I, I'm just. Boy, hey, quick question, Giz, before we get off this. Who sells more? The Cavs or the Cowboys? That's a tough one. Well, well, it's the Cavs. Cowboys, easy. The, the, the Cavs, no, the Cavs sell more than the Cowboys. No the Cavs, way. The Cavs sell more, but the Cowboys make it worse because they build you up to believe they're going to be That's what I'm saying. I think, I, I, think I don't think selling, you can't sell if you don't have expectations. But that's like, all right, so like imagine if we playing like that little game on Price is Right where the little mountain man goes up. Yeah. Like, if you just, if they ask you how much the blender costs, and you say a million dollars the first time, like, you're not better than the guy who's like, he gets here, the first three here, right Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Let's say the Mountain Man is the showcase, right? Right. right. The Cowboys done kill every game up into the showcase. Right. Yeah. So they gonna sell that showcase because you got faith in the Cowboys. The right. Cavs might or might not do good on those first few games. When you get to the showcase, you like, it's not gonna hurt either way. I mean, you don't believe in the you don't believe in the Cavs either way. So, so all right, I'll say this: if you include expectations in what makes a sale or not, then yes, the Cowboys sell more. But if you talk about just who's more dysfunctional and who I can count on to take an L more, oh, that's the Cavs by a mile. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this again. Everybody keeps saying that this Cavs team is great and they're deep and they got a guy they can roll the ball out to and get a bucket in in uh, Spider Mitchell. Hey, it's the Cavs. Don't worry about it. They'll find a way. They'll find a way. I it's just gonna think it's happen. so funny how they was fourth seed a couple years ago. It was last year or the year before. And they blew it up. They blew it up while they were the fourth seed. <laughs> and they somehow dropped to the tenth seed. And it was just like, didn't even make the play in time. They because they, they listened to like how people were saying that the Giants this year should like get rid of all their their players and get assets. Like, so what that you're winning, get rid of the players because they still have value and you're going to be stuck in mediocrity. Like, that's the the Cavs heard that and instead of doing what the Giants did and be like, hey, uh, forget y'all, we're winning. We're going to keep doing this winning thing for as long as <laughs> right. they said. You know what? We are a middle of the road team. We do need to sit Kevin Love and trade Andre Drummond. That needs to happen. For what reason? For what? But I digress. Anywho, we got more football to talk about, folks. But again, the Cowboys going to Cowboy it up every single time and twice on Sunday. Every single time. So now we're going on to the Bengals beating the Bills. Now, fellas, who do you think this game said more about, the Bengals or the Bills? 
Um, I think it said more about the Bills because the expectations were for the Bills to win. And honestly, coming out of the AFC, you can say it's been a toss up between the Chiefs and the Bills. But the past three seasons, I can say that the Bills were probably favored to go to the Super Bowl out the AFC. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> this was the Bengals game to lose. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think they had the greatest game ever. Um, but if, if you're the Bills and you have a, a he- healthy team, with the exception of Demar Hamlin, you have a, a a healthy team. Your expectation is that you're supposed to go out there and win that game and go to the AFC Championship. So I think it said more about the Bills, not because they lost the game, but one because they scored, um, they scored ten points. Their identity is a passing team. They did not have a, a single passing touchdown. And if you add on top of that, this has been the same story for the past three seasons. Mm. Same old, same old Bills. Same old Bills. You hate to see it. Chris, who did this game say more about to you? Uh, I said more about the Bengals to me. Uh, to be honest with you, this was an easy call for me. I mean, history repeats itself. The years tell everybody in our audience every time, you can't win a championship without knocking on the door first. The Bills knocked on the door. A couple times now. This is their second time knocking on the door. When have the Bengals, I mean, I said it wrong. You know what I meant. But when have the Bills knocked on the door and somebody even peeked through the door? And nobody yet. Nobody. The yeah. Bills just started catching like they've been a solid team the last, let's say, four seasons, five seasons. And they still trying to figure out what the, the that last piece they need is. And we don't know what that last piece they need is. So, that being said, this told me that the Bengals are still a rele- relevant team. You know, they still the team to beat in their division, and they still the team to beat in the AFC right now. They are the reigning AFC champions. So, period. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this, and I I think that it's it's very very interesting to me that this game went down the way it did, and there was like there was so much snow and ice and all that good stuff, and yet there was no running of the ball at all. Like what a time it is! <laughs> what a time it is in the NFL to see that that's that's no longer like a thing like it used to be, because like y'all remember when it when it was when it used to get bad and mucky out, all you would see was just teams running it, running it. Yeah. Just hey, we gonna three yard in the cloud of dust our way to a championship, or we're not. But that's what we got going on here, and these teams were like, hey, we don't care what the what the weather is, chuck it, find a way. We're going to figure out something, but put that ball in the air. Now, with that being said, um, this here game, boy, I'll tell you what. I think that it said much more about the Bills because, I mean, yes, the score was 27-10. It kind of tells you that this game was a, a little bit of a situation that the, the Bengals had control, but it doesn't really tell you the story of the fact that it was 14-0 at the end of the first quarter. Like, it it doesn't really tell you the story that the Bills never got closer than seven points at any point in time after that. And even that seven-point thing, I mean, it happened twice, but never in the fourth quarter. Never. Never. Like, this was a game to me that I look at and I say to myself, and and I want to say one thing about this. The inability to stop the run by the Bills when everybody talked about how great this defense was all year. Because I, I said that nobody was running the ball, but let me take that back. Because the Bengals did so, and they did so amazingly. But the the sheer inability to stop the run by the Bills, embarrassing. Embarrassing. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves. This was not a game that you look at and you go to yourself, oh, man, like, this, this is a team. We're going to look at the running backs in this matchup. And yet, Joe Mixon stole the show. He came out there and ran all over the Bills' defense. That, again, we heard all year, oh, yeah, man, this defense, they're it. They're, these are the guys. They're the, they the guys. And yet they put up more points this week than they did against Huntley last week when seven of those points came from a terrible QB sneak attempt. Boy, I'll tell you what. This says a lot about that Bills' defense. This says a ton about that Bills' defense to me. And again, they paid everybody. Everybody on that defense, pretty much, is getting paid. So where where do you go from here? What do you do? What do you do? What where do you go in in terms of you know Matt Milano's getting paid, Tremaine Edmonds getting paid, Poyer 
getting paid, high, getting paid. All these guys are getting paid. What do you do? What do you, yeah. where's, where's your next step from here? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. And offensively, those backs, ooh wee. James Cook did his best Zeke impression with five carries for 13 yards. Devin Singletary, six carries for 27. Their longest rush of the night was eight yards. For reference, Joe Burrow had a rush of 21, Samaj Piran 11, and Joe Mixon 16. Those, those are just their longest runs, of course. Now, now I want you to think about this now. They averaged, they averaged five yards a carry. That's how many the Bengals were averaging per carry against y'all's longest run of eight yards. Embarrassing. Embarrassing on all accounts. That's, that's just a shame. That's a sin and a shame. So now we move on from there to talk about our, our last playoff game that we haven't gotten into yet. But it's still very important because, of course, another part of the, uh, the championship game picture, the Eagles absolutely destroyed the Giants 38-7. Any thoughts from this game, fellas? No, the world, no, the game happened how how it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, any thoughts? No, I mean overall, that's how the story goes for that. He proud of his boys. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very proud <laughs> of his team. He said, "Hey, man, the Steelers didn't get us in the playoffs this year, but I was rocking with them because they were rocking <laughs> with us, and they did some good things." I'm going to say this. It, it wasn't very surprising. I mean, we all knew. I told everybody that the uh, 40, I mean, not the 49ers, that the Vikings were frauds. I told everybody that the Vikings were frauds. And I was told, oh, it's just because you're a Lions fan and you Lions fans are always so salty at all our success. You know what's funny? For all y'all success Vikings fans, y'all have the same amount of Super Bowls as the Lions. Ain't that interesting? <laughs> no, exactly. what, what I will say is I am mad about how it ended for Justin Jefferson. That boy worked hard this year. That yeah. boy worked hard this he year. Did. You know, he had an he, amazing season. He had an amazing season. Yeah, I think he put together one of the best seasons from a receiver standpoint that we've seen in a while since, like, what receiver probably – since Megatron almost. Like, yeah. the type of catches he did down the stretch when they just absolutely was like, oh, we just got to throw the ball yeah. somewhere near you and you got to make that grab. He had that kind of season. And for it to yeah. end like that, it's just, it was kind of for sad. For sure. For sure. But you know what? And I'm going to say this. The Giants had so many deficiencies that, like, at the end of the day, we knew that this wasn't this wasn't a thing. Like, it's like, uh, what did they say? What was the word on uh, on uh, Mean Girls? What was it? Fetch? Was it Fetch? Stop trying to make Fetch a thing. Stop trying to make the Giants be <laughs> a good team. Stop it. This was not a good team. They just found a way to win some games that they probably shouldn't have. And with that being said, um, we got this question in the chat, but we gotta we gotta go here because you know Chris has already bought it up. Who would you rather have as your quarterback if you were going into this season knowing what they would have been? Dak Prescott or Daniel Jones? Danny Dimes. I mean, I told y'all the Giants is that team that randomly has a one good year out of a string of four, five bad years, and Danny Vick is who I'm going to choose as my quarterback. No, I'm just the only point I was saying is if Dak Prescott was on that Giants team, I don't think that they make the playoffs. Y'all are smoking something that's potent. Look at the chat, Jones, easily Jones. Y'all are smoking something that is very <laughs> Bro, bro, Gibbs, you looking at the numbers, bro. I'm not looking at the numbers, okay? Throw the numbers out the way. That numbers is killing him because Daniel Jones missed games. Okay, I give you that. But look who Daniel Jones is throwing the ball to versus Dak Prescott throwing the ball to. It's not, to me, here's here's the biggest argument for, for Dak Prescott. When you look at how incompetent his head coach is that gives you the answer to almost everything that you see before you. When you look at a coach, everybody can agree. Nobody in terms of just sheer talent, in terms of the things they can do on a football field at the quarterback position, nobody would say that Aaron Rodgers is outside of what, the top four, five, maybe, maybe. And that... Putting him at five is a little wild in consideration for, again, 
all of the things that he can do as a quarterback that some of those other guys couldn't. Talent-wise, right. you would say he's probably top three, right? Mike McCarthy. Two. Mike McCarthy won one Super Bowl with that man. One. Just one. Just one. And that was back when they had really good defenses with Charles Woodson, with Clay Matthews, with B.J. Raji, with a ton of talent. You had Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. You had a t Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander. You have guys all over the place. Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl. And he could not get anything done with those guys. And actually, I, I'm not sure if he had the, the Smith brothers, now that I think about it. I'm, I'm not and sure I don't if he think had, he had Alexander but, either. But he had, but he still had a ton of great defenses. Was great really defense. good I'm not taking that from you. I'm not taking that and from you. He could not. I am telling you right now, any coach that sees a running back that you're paying, what is it? How much is Zeke making a year? What is it? 20 M's? 20 a M's lot. It's 20 plus. A running back in today's game making 20 plus. And your best thought to do with him on a play where you're like, hey, this is for the season is to put him at center. Ladies and gentlemen <laughs> of the jury, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Dak is not without his faults. Again, I, we, I was the person who very strongly agreed to the name of this episode being Whack Prescott. I am very much on board that he's a salesman, that he is a, a empty stat merchant, that he is who everybody thought Matt Stafford was in terms of being an empty stat merchant. Absolutely. But with that being said, Daniel Jones is literally like, the guy's just so mid. He's in year five, and people are asking, well, next year, will he turn the corner? He's giving grace. I guarantee you, if his last name was Jackson Smith Johnson, if that boy was about six complexions darker, he'd be out the league. He would be out. People wouldn't be asking no <laughs> questions about him. People, they're... Daniel Jones, and don't get me wrong, this year, Daniel Jones' receiving core was atrocious. Absolutely. I'll give you that. But every year before this one, they were at least serviceable. They were at least serviceable, and he still ain't pissed to drop yet. So to me, I don't I don't have a question here about who the better quarterback okay, is and who that, I'd rather want. That, that, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is miles better, right? I'm saying situational. If you told me going into the season, I could have that Dallas team and I could have that Giants team and I could switch the quarterbacks and the team stay the same, I am going with the the, the team Daniel Jones is running with. If you gave him C.D. Lang, Michael Gallup, and uh, uh, the tight end, Schultz, y'all know Schultz. what I'm saying. Yeah. Schultz, yeah, if y'all gave, gave me that, those just those three. I'm not even naming the rest of them, and I'm not even naming Ezekiel Pollard. You gave me just those three. In the five years you're speaking of, Saquon Barkley was drafted very high to give Daniel Jones some help, and he was injured for two of them, for two of them. This is the first year he's really been healthy. Secondly, secondly this is the first year that that defense finally came around the corner and actually got stops in the, in the, in the NFL season for that Giants team. Dak Prescott has had a running core, had receiver core, and had a good defense since he's been the quarterback at that Cowboys team. His first season, he was able to win 13 games because of how talented his team was around him when he was learning. I am, I am saying this very genuinely. Again, if we're just looking at this year in a microcosm and just saying this year, I am not going to argue that Daniel Jones was not better on the field this year. That is not what I'm arguing. Daniel Jones was. He was available more. His, he put up better numbers. He took care of the ball better. Not arguing that. What I'm saying is Daniel Jones has a better coach. And, and on top of that, this is a situation where nobody expected anything from these Giants. Nobody expected anything from them. The Cowboys came into this season as defending NFC East champs. They came in with people believing that this was the year that they were finally going to figure it out and all the stars were going to line, all the pieces were going to come together. And again, you cannot do that when you have a bum yes man as a head coach and an overrated empty stat merchant as an offensive coordinator. Because honestly, I don't get all the hype about Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator. I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't see what he's doing that's that crazy and innovative to where I'm like, hey, you know what? Nobody else could have drew that up. Nobody else could have drew that up but Kellen. 
Nobody else could have thought to scheme this in this way but Kelly. I'm not looking at this Cowboys team saying, hey, they got everything in a row. The execution is lacking. That's the only thing. I am telling you right now, again, I'm not saying that, that Danny didn't have a similar, if not better year. I'm with you there. But if you're saying, who do I trust to lead my team? Even if you talk about going to the next year, who do I trust to lead my team between these two? Surely not the guy that's in year five and we're asking who's the better player. I, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no. Dak had one of his worst years statistically this year. And yet and still, if you compare his numbers to Danny Dimes numbers, he still beats him in almost everything. So what I, I struggle. So do, do you least. think you think the Giants have have a, as successful or more successful season if Dak is at quarterback? I think if Dak is at quarterback, I think they basically have about the same season. I think they have about the same season. Okay, I got I got a better one for you. I got a better one for you. Better one for you. You swap Dak and Derek Carr with all the weapons Derek Carr picked up this year. Again, Derek Carr suffers from the same thing as Dak. It okay. is not, that, it's not That's why I'm fault. bringing him up. That's why I'm bringing him <laughs> up. They the same that's player. They really the same player, bro. Like, <laughs> that's why I'm bringing it up. I'm saying, if you had to pick one, right? If you, I know which one I would pick. If you had to pick one between Derek Carr, you take the coaches out of You can give them both Andy Reid as coach. Both of them Andy Reid as coach. Oh, well, at that point, one. flip a coin. They both got Andy Reid. They, yeah, <laughs> they might make the Super Bowl. <laughs> flip, flip a coin. I don't care who you okay. got. Even, okay. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. And I'm, I'm being very serious right now. If you both give them mediocre head coaches, flip a coin. I'll take either one. I'll take either one. Because so to me, they're, they're basically about the same guy. They, yeah, about, they're about the same guy. Yeah, they're about the same guy to me. Uh... You know, I, I would lean more towards Dak in that situation. I would lean more towards Dak. Hold on, 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 hold on. Because I, I think that we're making a connection here that's crazy. So, wait, you're saying you would take Daniel Jones over Carr? Yeah. Y'all crazy. Chris been saying that all season, though. Y'all are, y'all are, y'all. He's been saying that since week one. He's taking Daniel Jones fair. over. <laughs> that's fair. I've been that's saying fair. that since. That's fair. I am but, the biggest, I'm car, the biggest anti-Carr. But Carr has been in one of the worst situations. Bro, again, this is what I mean. And we were talking about this off air. Coaches who get more opportunities than they deserve. The head coach of the Raiders, outside of that streak that they had where they were literally cheating with the Broncos, that coach has one of the worst like winning percentages of any head coach to coach over 30 games in NFL history. Like that's that's not a joke. Like Mike McDaniels is horrible. They lost to the Jeff Saturday led Colts. <laughs> the same Colts that blew a 30 point lead bro what I am I am trying to tell you as respectfully as possible both of these both of those guys suffer from terrible coaching and again if they get put in a position with a coach that is just run of the mill I'm not saying they need a, a, an all time great I'm not saying they need Belichick I'm saying give them somebody that's just man alright I got one more for you one more for you Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins. I mean, is it a primetime game or is it a 12 p.m. game? <laughs> no, because that's very important. That's it is. Very important it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Saturday 4 p.m. game. It's a Saturday 4 p.m.? Dak, come on down, bro, because that means y'all playing in front of people. Dak, come on down. Come on down, brother. But if it's Sunday at noon, oh, Kirk, week seven, the game don't matter? Kirk, go out there, bro. You got it. I know you got it. Okay, and, and you saying Kirk when the game don't matter, but also Dak has proven when the game matters he can't win either. Dak has proven when the game matters he can't win, but that's a part of like the Cowboys lore. That's the Cowboys. That's who they right. are. Like, yeah. I'm sorry to tell you, but if you're if all right, let me tell you this: if you are listening to this show right now, I believe you have what as many divisional round playoff wins as the Cowboys since '97. Congratulations, everybody. You're as successful as the Cowboys. Give yourselves a hand. Noriega Jake Chap style. Give yourselves a hand, everybody. <laughs> Give yourselves a hand. Like, that's the reality. That's not – that was before that. That was Tony Romo. That was uh, – who was the black quarterback they had? Was it, was it Julius Williams? That was, that, was, that was way before him. That ain't got nothing to do with that. That's who the Cowboys are. So, I mean, I, I struggle to say, hey – that's and also we not leaving Jeff Saturday alone. We are not gonna leave Jeff Saturday alone. He, we will heat him up every time we get the opportunity on this show. That is, <laughs> that is what we do here. But no, seriously, um, 
I again, Dak is not. I don't think he's a great quarterback by any means. I think that he's very run of the mill. I think he's at like the top of that run of the mill tier. But to be still honest, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, hey, y'all gave him a lot of slander last year, though, right? Y'all, I remember y'all was saying stuff like Jared Goff, the worst thrower of the football I've ever seen, like ever, right? Right? And that's how he was playing. I was just about to say, did he not look like it? <laughs> right. I would take Jared Goff this season over Dak. Over Dak. You hurting me because I kind of want to agree with you a little bit. I it's, 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 it's the system, though. It's the system. But I was just about to say, it's also it's the like, system. Because some of the plays that Detroit schemes up, that touchdown to Brock Wright was crazy. This man mm. literally threw a dump off. And it was literally the same motion that got Panay Sewell to touch. I mean, the uh, first down to put the game away. But they literally just snuck a tight end across, which is like when you send a tight end on the delay on the same motion that you hit the flat on the last time. That's what I mean in terms of like yeah. who thinks of this, it's, who it's, does this. This is. I mean, great. If, if you just think, if you think about it, um, Jerry Goff looked good this year, but at the same time, I don't recall him throwing a pass longer than 15 yards to probably the whole season. Uh, let me let me ask you this. Do you if I'm gonna tell you this? The fact that people were even saying, like, hey, if the Rams pick ends up being the top two or three, do they take a quarterback? I think that pretty much answers your question in terms of like how good is Goff or is he not? Like, because with a good quarterback, you're not asking that question. You're you're immediately like, ooh, trade back, get more assets, do all the cool things, and let somebody else get their quarterback. Yeah, that's just that's just my take there. So, fellas, in looking at the uh, the championship games, right? Or oh, wait, wait, before we do this, which team do y'all think are in the best position, the worst position of the losers? Um, I think that just the, just to I, remind you real quick, the the losers are Jags, Giants, Bills, Cowboys. Going forward in the near future, who do you think is in the best position? Who do you think is in the worst position? I think the Jags are in the best position. They got a young core. They overexceeded this season. I don't see a reason why they can't repeat or go further uh, next season. Who's in a worst position? I'm going with the Bills, just because. What do you do at this point? Do you know the other teams that the other teams you know? Um, the Cowboys, although Cowboys fans always gas them up, we were expecting, we, we were expecting the Cowboys to lose at this point, which is why we all said the 49ers last week. If you look at the other loser, you got um, <clears throat> you got the Giants that lost. The Giants overexceeded. Do I see them repeating this next season? Probably not. But the Bills, you have all the pieces in place, and you just simply can't get it done. You've lost at the same point for three years in a row, where you were favored to win the Super Bowl. So. You gotta, you have to change something, and if that means you know breaking it apart or bringing in new cores, you don't know how that's going to affect the chemistry of the team. You don't know how that's going to affect them be able to uh, go this deep in the season again. Absolutely, absolutely, Chris. Are the losers who's in the best oh, position? Who's in the worst position? Easily, easily, Jaguars are the best position to win. They can only get better from here. They have a really good salary cap because their best player on their team is the lowest paid player, one of the lower paid players in the team. They have a excellent, excellent coaching staff in my opinion um they've been up and down the last couple of years because they haven't had the talent but i think they have a good coaching staff that keeps that team motivated just like any team other team to go down 27-0 and go into the locker room i think the game's over with but that coaching staff held the morale together and they came out and won that game um i actually think the cowboys are in the worst position out of all the remaining quarterbacks in the playoffs the cowboys have the oldest one and they have a lot of younger players on the team. So now they're in a situation where they either have to move Dak because Dak, I don't know if the team's going to really buy into Dak anymore. They have to fire the coach to see if, to see if that helps out. But they're also in a position that if Dak doesn't improve in those clutch games, now they got to pick up the phone and try to trade damaged goods. Josh Allen is still young at, on the bill, so he got time to develop. And plus – they know he got to knock on the door too first. We're not the only people to invent that, knocking on the door first. They know he got to keep mm-hmm. knocking on the door. Eventually, he'll break through. He's young. They're going to keep getting young receivers. Him and Diz had a connection like Rodgers and Adams had last year. They're going to be better next year. Dak is in a position where you almost got to trade him or you almost got to fire your whole coaching staff. So which one is easier to do? I mean, it, it... Both are gonna be tough because you don't pay them big quarterback money. So exactly, yeah. He's the oldest quarterback standing. I think they're in the worst position. 
I think the Bills are in the best position. I think the Bills are in the best position because they what they need is very apparent. They need a good back, which is so surprising because there are so many good backs in the NFL. Like it's it's almost like you kind of go to sleep, wake up, and it's like, wait, that fourth rounder is going off for how many yards? Like right. what? <laughs> Literally, here's an example of how many good running backs there are in the league. Bam Knight. Do any of y'all know who Bam Knight is? No. No. Nope. Undrafted rookie for the Jets. He set a record for, um, I believe it was most games straight of an undrafted rookie going for 100 yards from scrimmage. He plays for the Jets. He is literally in the same state. He is literally right up the street and was not even drafted and did great things for a, a team in New York. How can y'all not get this right? Like, it's the the position, <laughs> the position that everybody says is the easiest to translate from college to the NFL. They struggle to get it right. But I feel like at some point in time, just because running backs are a good running back is not super terribly hard to come by. At some point in time, they're going to luck into one and they'll go from there. The worst got to be the Cowboys. I mean, oh, my God. What are you the, the, the Everybody is making big money. The offensive line is aging. The defense, I think, is is I mean, how much better do you expect them to get realistically? Like, what are you right. what are you expecting? Out of these guys, what are you expecting Demarcus Lawrence to do that he's not already doing? Like, what what is it that you look at him and say, "Hey, next year we're going to get this out of him"? No, you're not. You're not. You're not. I mean, listen, Micah Parsons is at the point where he's he's got another level to hit, and he's been great and all that good stuff. Sure, but again, when I'm looking around at this team as a whole and saying, "All right, team as a whole, where can y'all go from here?" I'm not seeing much. I'm not seeing the ton that I'm saying like, oh man, you you've got a you, bunch of guys that you're are gonna have gonna to be... move. You're gonna have to pair Dak with Pollard or Zeke, and no, you can't pair him with Zeke because he make too much. So you're gonna have to lose Pollard because Pollard's a free agent, by the way, people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, all I'm saying is this, right? Okay, so some of your guys they're pretty young. You got some guys who are getting up there in age on that defense, but what I'm looking at with this defense in particular is again. At the end of the day, y'all have to be able to play really, really good ball at this same level next year and maybe even better because your offense is going to take a step back. Like, that's just the reality. These guys that y'all got offensively, I don't see them getting much better. I I think when you look at these offensive weapons, do you think that Tony Pollard is hitting the next level next year? Do y'all see that? No, no. Zeke, do y'all see Zeke hitting another level? Now I see him getting worse. Yeah. Dak Prescott, do y'all see him hitting another level? No. Absolutely not. CD Lamb, do y'all see him hitting another level? Yeah, I can see Ooh, that. Yeah. It's possible, but this year, 13-59 and nine touchdowns. I don't see there there being a I can see him bust a bust. That's him the du- duplicating that or have something I, relatively close. Right. Yeah. I, can I can see, see him. I can see him get fifteen and eleven. Michael Gallup, do you see him hitting another level? No. Okay, so I mean, we've named pretty much every big offensive weapon, and we know the offensive line is old as dirt. Right? They're not. There's no next level to go there. Before we get out of here, fellas, tell me your AFC and NFC championship picks and why. Um. So my my early my pick at the beginning of the season was Eagles and Bills. I'm sticking with the Eagles. Of course, I can't stick with the Bills. Um. As much as is, I feel like it's the Chiefs' time to to get another one. I'm going to go ahead. I don't know why I stepped away from these guys. I guess they started the season slow last year. I thought they caught lightning in the bottle, so I didn't stick with them, even though these were my guys last season. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bengals going over the Chiefs. So I got uh, Bengals and Eagles in the Super Bowl. Mm, Chris, what you got? I got Chiefs and Niners, man. I mean, it's simple for me. Mahomes, after that performance, I don't think I don't think that that's a momentum shift right there. And you know they're gonna juice him up with all kind of stuff for his foot. He ain't gonna be his foot gonna be so high he ain't gonna even feel his down there. And then um, you know, I really like the Eagles, right? They look like the best team, the team to do it on paper, but it's just something about the Niners this year. I just gotta ride the Niners, man. I gotta ride the Niners train. I'ma tell you this. This this is a a very simple equation to me. I said it when I looked at these playoffs because I said, you normally got to knock on the door. But on this NFC side, I'm not sure. Just because the only team that has the, the weapons and facilities to beat them are playing with a third-string quarterback. 
I don't see a world where I'm looking at the Eagles losing to this 49ers team. The 49ers played good football. They did not play the type of football that I'm like, oh, man, whoever right. got them next should be, you know, you should be shaking in your boots. There's there's nothing you can do here. The Giants on the other hand, I'm sorry, the Eagles on the other hand, they made the Giants look like a college team. Like, that's like when when everybody's like, oh, do you think Alabama could beat the Browns? Like, that's what I would imagine would happen <laughs> if, if those two teams played. Like, that's, that's the reality there. Um, so, that – that is that. And now on this, Joe Burrow is undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. Three and oh. Yeah. Against Patrick Mahomes. Fellas, this is one of those moments that you look at and you go to yourself, what could happen here? What what is the situation going on here? And I think it's very simple. Pat Mahomes is gonna have one of those legendary games to get the monkey off his back. He going to have one of them games where he's as high as old Percocet Brett Favre and he's going <laughs> to make something shake to get him his first victory over uh, that that menace Joe Burrow in the playoffs. I think they get the job done. That's a balanced balance <laughs> Bengals team, but I think that he gets the job done in this game. So, I, in, in conclusion, the Cowboys going to sell you every single time. In conclusion... We worry, we're very worried about the Bills and what they got going on. And in conclusion, I know that y'all tired of us talking about Dakota and, and his ability to sell and Jerry Jones never being able to see another ring. But come on back the next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. I know you had enough. I know you had enough.